Hi everyone, welcome to the Cult I Left Behind podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Briggs, and I'm here to tell you my stories of growing up in the IBLP cult, which you might know from the Duggar family. And I'm your other host, Kyle Briggs. I'm Amanda's husband, and I have not heard most of these stories before, so stay tuned and we'll all get traumatized together. Welcome back to the next episode. What do you have for us tonight, Amanda? Well, we have a special guest again. Maureen Moss, a friend from Illinois. We went to college together. Uh, She has consented to join us for an interesting conversation tonight that I'm sure will ruffle some feathers. But it's fine. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) That's what we do here, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So since we started the podcast five months ago, we've kind of just been on the lookout for interesting cult-related stories or topics we could bring in to just break up all of my trauma and stories and (laughs) all of that stuff. Yes. So um, back in 2021, Maureen started voicing strong oppositions to MLMs. Mm -hmm. And I don't know a lot about it, uh, but we reconnected with Maureen about this topic, what, a couple months ago? Yeah. And kind of picked her brain and went, huh, this could be an interesting topic to hash (laughs) out. In a public forum. <laughs> so when you say MLMs, we're talking multi-level marketing yes. schemes. Companies, schemes. Mm-hmm. And and Maureen will educate us, I'm sure, I'm, on I'm how to talk about, about this. this. Yeah. So hi Maureen. Welcome to the Cult I Left Behind. Hi. It's good, good to have hear you. Here. See you. <laughs> talk to you. Yeah. Good. This hmm. is fun. This is real fun. So, all right. Can you start us out? by just explaining how you went down the deep, dark rabbit hole of MLMs in the first place. Like, where did this come from? Oh, boy. So I actually uh, was going back in my memory, and I realized this kind of all started back in 2014. I had started a Beachbody program Mm -hmm. through a friend of mine who signed me up for uh, the workout program and the shakeology shakes that come with it. I have also done this. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, I've done shakeology. So I did that program through the summer. Obviously, if you're working out, drinking shakes, eating healthy, you're going to see results. I saw results. And then, but the shakes were a bit expensive. So, of course, I was signed up to be a coach in order to get a discount on the product. So now you're a coach and the idea was, oh, if I lose weight, people will just come to me and they'll ask how I did it and then I can recruit them underneath me and it'll be this whole thing. And my friend had a huge success in in Beachbody and Shakeology. I had um, just about a year before that, had a year and a half or so before that, had moved from Florida to Illinois. And so fitness and coaching and all that stuff was very, very big in Florida. And so I Uh saw the social media pictures and the before and afters and, you know, this kind of stuff. And I was just kind of bringing it with me. Uh Didn't really think anything of it. Um, But then (laughs) the shakes started to give me the runs and it started to get cold up here in Illinois. And a shake a day just wasn't really working for me. So I canceled my coaching. I canceled the membership. I canceled the automatic um, stuff. thing. And my friend called me up and was like, is everything okay? Are you sure? And, you know, almost a little desperate, but I, I stuck to my guns and I was just like, nope, this just isn't for me. And I went about my business and Mm -hmm. I, um, I didn't, know at that point what an MLM was. I just figured, eh, this isn't for me. I have my own job. I have my own life. I have other things to worry about. Mm -hmm. And I kept getting invited to and attending other MLM parties like Cabby, Epicure, Stella and Dot. Um, I don't even know what you're talking about, but okay, (laughs) keep going. (laughs) So it was about a year after that when a friend of mine who, uh, his name is Carson, you should probably interview him sometime because he grew up very uh, Pentecostal, Pentecostal, very 
Ah, uh, yes. Has his own stories about that. Um, Close neighbor to Ibiomi. He, yeah, he um, was just kind of chatting, lamenting with me over the phone about, you know, how annoying it is to have to cook all these healthy meals and think of stuff all the time. And I, without thinking, was like, oh, you would probably do really well with Shakeology. And he goes, what's that? And as I was explaining it to him, he actually was the first person I ever heard use the term MLM. Okay. And I was like, what's that? (laughs) What's an MLM? And then if you know anything about Carson, he educated me quite a bit. Um, His dad went down the MLM rabbit hole all through his life in church. This is apparently a very common tale. And he listed off a ton of different companies that were MLMs and like the light switch turned on and I went, Oh my gosh. So you're telling me these like little parties and stuff that I went to as a teenager for Mary Kay and Yvonne and this whole I did Mary like, Kay for a while. <laughs> yeah, selling these little little things that all there it's all the same business model? What? <laughs> and his dad like was always under the impression that this next MLM that he joined would be the one, the one that would give them everything, all the financial freedom that was promised and all this kind of stuff. And I realized then back in 20, like 15, Oh, MLMs are a scam. Like, And I don't really want to have anything to do with them. And I totally get why people don't like them. And so from that point on, I kind of stopped responding to pitches and to like, Hey, hun messages um, usually it was with just a solid unfriend. Sometimes <laughs> if it was someone that like, I actually Hold kind of knew and liked, it was like an unfollow situation. Cause I'm like, Oh <laughs> crap. I don't need my Facebook newsfeed built with all of your posts about this, whatever it is. Um, then I got married in 2017 and in 2018, my sister-in-law signed up for Epicure. And by then, Epicure Epicure is based out of Canada. Um, It sells like seasonings and spices, spices. So like, you think McCormick spices, like. um, So stuff you can get in the grocery store. Yeah, basically. But they also have this, like, it's basically just a ceramic lidded microwavable pot that is, they call it their steamer. It's way overpriced and you just microwave things like chicken. And this is supposedly healthier than what you can just go to the store and buy. So it's like pre-mixed blends of like Mm. garlic, salt and pepper called like GSP. And like they're pitching this stuff. (laughs) Specifically women too. Yes. Moms. Oh, that's a big one. Pitching to women specific. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, to be polite, I was like, you know, you do you, you do your business and see how it goes for you. But I knew at that point that most people who sign up for an MLM kind of peter out after two years, max, sometimes it's a couple of months. Um, sometimes they go longer, but two years is about the average. So okay. I'm just like, I will follow back her business page and I will, um, just kind of not say anything to keep the peace and I'll be fine. Um, I did, however, post a few um, more <laughs> nicely worded messages just about the business model in general, kind of throwing out yep. the there. Um, and I even got hit with that from people who were like, <gasps> How dare you say anything negative about MLMs? This is the future of sales. This is the best thing. Like the world is all going to come towards MLM models. And and I was just like, okay. I remember that. And I think I I scanned through comments on that post. Um, I don't usually stare at a train wreck, but I think I actually went through and read all the comments on that. Oh, I even got DM'd about that. And oh, I'm like, sure it you eventually did. fizzled out because I was like, all I said was, this isn't for me. 
Uh-huh. And people came at me like, how dare you? I'm like, this was it, this was kind of my stance was I haven't really found a reason uh-huh. to buy. I haven't found a single MLM product that I couldn't find something similar or better on the market. I'm not interested. This is it just It was like me. a don't recruit me sort yeah, of. Yeah. Like, like don't, don't yeah. try to recruit me. Don't proselytize me. Yeah. And oh my goodness, the proselytizing, that, that's one of those tactics that we'll talk about later. But um, anyway, it wasn't until after January 6th that my sister-in-law posted about how Antifa was in disguise at the Capitol and they were the ones responsible for the attempted coup stuff that um, both, this is my husband's sister, both my husband and I responded with like actual news articles stating who these people were and that they were not Antifa. And she got mad, flipped Mm -hmm. out on us, unfriended us. And I went, Oh, yay. I don't have to follow her MLM page anymore. (laughs) And I don't have to keep quiet anymore. (laughs) And, and so in 2021 was when I was finally like, yep, I am full blown anti MLM. I don't care who knows anymore. I'm not trying to appease the greater American evangelical church at large or the Christian nationalists like anymore. I'm done hiding it. I'm done walking on eggshells around these people. I'm done. Mm. And then I started digging deeper and oh my gosh, the stuff <laughs> that I discovered. So so that's I, what we're going to dig into. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I actually found a YouTuber named Hannah Alonzo. And I was pregnant uh, end of 2021 through 2022. And then into the newborn stage, I had a lot of time at home. Mm-hmm. And I kind of binge watched her videos going through. She went in a number of different MLM company deep dives people would send her uh, MLM horror stories, just their Mm -hmm. personal stories about their own experiences with MLMs. Um, People would send her recordings of like training videos. And that would be considered like an MLM fail where they straight up say, you know, the quiet part out loud about recruiting and about how often it's just dumb luck and all this other kind of stuff. Yeah, Um, And so she's got, a ton of videos out there that she's been doing now for um, quite a few years, like four, four years now. And um, they're fabulous. And she actually was her first video kind of coming out as anti MLM. She was very nervous as well. And very like, very careful not to um, attack people's character or their intelligence or like personally attack them Because in reality, the people who are in MLMs or who are just in love with their MLM, they do not know how harmful the business model is. And they legitimately believe that their product or their business is helping people in some way or that it's somehow better than what you can find elsewhere. And so they are gung ho for it. Okay. So I need to do a circle back on something with Beachbody. So uh, and this is, we, I think we've got friends and, and listeners and followers in MLM, so <laughs> we need this going into it. But um, with Beachbody, I will say the person I know who did that and, and who I signed up under um, genuinely like physically yeah. benefits from the shake. So that's like, uh, that's hard. I would, I would say that and like the Mary Kay makeup products, I don't think mm-hmm. you can totally replicate Kate, like those are pretty good. I wish you could get them in the store. Um, And then like when I left, so I was signed up as a coach to get the Shakeology discounts. And when I decided that wasn't working for me and I considered like trying to go, you know, all gung ho on it. Um, But when I decided that wasn't the right path for me, she was very supportive and like, absolutely, Mm -hmm. totally understand. So I think you can have both. Like you can have your friend who called you and was like, edging toward desperate and then you've got folks who are like hey this really works for me and Mm -hmm. if it works for you great if it doesn't no harm no foul oh yeah and you'll get a lot of that like I have people who argue oh it's it's not the business model it's the 
it's the people. And there are just people who don't work their biz right. Mm-hmm. And while in a sense that is true, there are people who um, are not pushy, who don't cold mm-hmm. call, who don't do all this stuff. Um, actually, Hannah Alonzo just recently put out a video with the friend of hers who was in Plexus for seven years, who just got out and kind of came to the realization like what Hannah was talking about. Mm-hmm. And was like, I get it now. And so they actually have a like a two hour long wow. extra video where she's they're just going back and forth. Her name's also Hannah. <laughs> and they just are talking back and forth about um, being in it. And even her friend was like, oh, yeah, I, I cold messaged you. And she's like, it didn't even register because she did it so subtly. Um, asking her if she wanted to try some product and she said no at first and then was just like, yeah, whatever. And like, it didn't even register as a cold message because some people are so sweet about it. And again, like, I don't fault the people who are in MLMs because they, they do legitimately believe in the products. And it's, it's not that the products are necessarily, um, bad or wrong themselves, although, in, in some companies, they definitely oh. are <laughs> <laughs> some of the health claims and other stuff. But um, it's more, um, you know, it's it's the same kind of talk that you get in churches where you're like, you're just so in love with Jesus that you can't help but talk about it kind of mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot <laughs> yeah, I mean- of stuff. I did Mary Kay for like two minutes in college and the techniques we were taught felt a lot like evangelism and proselytizing techniques, like street evangelism, walking up to strangers, asking them if, if they know their eternal destiny. And if they died right now on this corner, where would they spend eternity, heaven or hell? Like it (laughs) felt a lot like that. So I was never a part of an MLM. So you're going to have to educate me here, but were you guys getting kickbacks for recruiting people like if okay so what well (sighs) sort of in mary Kay, you get a percentage of their when you sign people up to be a distributor underneath you you get a kickback for that yes and then you Mm -hmm. all in some cases and then when they make a sale you get kind of a cut of the profit mm-hmm. from that sales. However. And doesn't it just go up and up and up like the person mm-hmm. above you gets a cut uh, mm-hmm. all the way up until like the corporation gets a cut. Yep. So, and, it, and it's really funny because there's a lot of like anti-corporation talk coming from people like, why would you support a, you know, a target or a Walmart or whatever, but you won't support your friend in their small business. And it's like, first of all, that friend did not develop the product. That friend did not set the price point of that product. That mm-hmm. friend did not create the product in any way. That friend had is essentially a independent contractor salesperson who only gets paid on commissions of selling that product. That is it. And they are told that they're a business owner, but it's a lie. And the tippy top of that pyramid where this, the, your company who has a CEO already, the tippy top is a corporation because the people who work in the corporate offices get paid an hourly wage. And the people who work, you know, behind the scenes, they get paid an hourly yeah, wage. Sorry. But the people who are signed up in the big pyramid underneath, they only get commission sales. Mm-hmm. There's no salary. There's no benefits. So in that sense, you you are not a business owner. You're an independent contractor, according yeah. to tax okay. law, according to everything. Um, okay. But you're brainwashed into believing that you're a well, business owner. You can't even set it up as an LLC, can you? Like you have nope. to remain a sole proprietor, which is dangerous from a liability standpoint, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm speaking as as a business owner with an LLC. <laughs> like, uh, you don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that company is a corporation that already exists. You are yeah. just one of the many cogs in the giant wheel that is keeping it going. It is not your business. 
So, so Kyle, does that like kind of help you understand? Yeah. Do you have more questions about how they function? Uh, no, I assume all of them are just slightly different in how those commissions work and the percentages and the cuts and, you know. Yeah, what percentage is what? Like and, oh, you know, some will say, some will say that they're like better or not an MLM or something because you don't have to buy and store product to sell. Like with Mary Kay, you were highly mm-hmm. encouraged to have a stash of product to sell. Mm-hmm. Like inventory push the sale. Yeah. Inventory yes. to sell. Um, you didn't have to, you could place the order, but it would take longer to get it to the customer. Right. Whereas like Beachbody, the, the independent contractors never touch Shakeology or anything. Like it just direct ships to you. Mm-hmm. They don't keep an inventory. So they're like, I think what I remember is like, Oh, it's better. It's better than those other things. Right. where You have to keep an inventory. It's more of like a drop ship kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of them are drop ships. Some of them you have to keep an inventory yeah. or are encouraged to keep an inventory. Right. And then you have, so in order for a MLM to not be classified as a pyramid scheme, the majority of the sales of the product have to come from a, an end user or an outside consumer who is just purchasing the product on their own. And not signed up as a distributor, coach, whatever you want to label it. Unfortunately, the primary source of revenue and repeat business comes from the people who are at the very bottom of the pyramid. And they tell them, they're the ones who tell themselves, oh, I only signed up for the discount. Mm -hmm. I just signed up for the discount. But they're the ones who are on the repeat buying the product month after month after month after month. And those sales are the ones that are keeping their upline getting paid. <laughs> okay. So that's where so, it gets a little gray then. Yes. It's that really is the consumer. Yeah. Not the salesperson. Right. And, but it's that it's the brainwashing techniques where they're convinced, Oh, I only signed up for the discount. And so they're content to keep purchasing the product over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again, being that revenue source for the people in their upline and just sitting there um, because the business model depends on those very people sitting at the bottom of the pyramid, just continuing to buy product that they may or may not be selling to other people. Oftentimes they're giving it away to other people because they can't resell it to anyone. Nobody wants it. Um or you can't use it up before the expiration date. Anymore. Yeah, there's a lot of almost expired, really expired. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so bringing this, like, I think that was helpful education. You, you uh-huh. good, Kyle? All right. So, as it pertains to Colts, I know in conversations you and I have had, and you and Kyle and I have had, you've highlighted some some ways MLMs can either function in a cult-like manner or uh, really target people with a cult mentality or people who are in a cult to just like, hey, let's do this too. Can you speak to that piece of MLMs? Yes. So I think the question is, why are MLMs so appealing to cult members and religious groups? Yeah, that's a a good question. (laughs) So there's multiple reasons for this, but first in like a hardcore, like patriarchal systems, MLMs are one of the few streams of income that women are allowed to participate yep. in. So women in particular are kind of a target niche market in this because they are sold the idea of working in the pockets of your time and you can working from home. Yeah. Working from home. So you can still be home and do your, you know, wifely duty of taking care of the kids and, and all that, but then also have this side business that really relies on social networking with other women. And so this is your core group of girlfriends that all kind of, get into it together and then they just rave about the product. So they get together for these parties and they're all, you know, wearing the same cabbie clothes or they're all buying the, the Usborne books for their kiddos or they're all getting the 31 bags. And it's really just an excuse to get together and be social and, 
you know, have food and, and share. Maybe like the yeah. husband watches the kids for a few minutes. Yeah. Or, yeah. So, <laughs> so, and then because of this, you have a number of MLMs that in their mission statement, they specifically target these types of women with religious buzzwords. So for example, did you know, I know I shared this with you before, but uh, the 31 bag is named after Proverbs 31. I'm still not over that. I'm still not over that. I have two 31 bags that someone gifted me back when I guess they were still good. I use them all the time. They're so sturdy. And now I'm like, I have guilt. (laughs) And my mom like loved longer burger baskets and could not find anything else on the market like a longer burger basket. They're kind of old lady baskets. I still have a longer burger basket that we use on road trips that my mom gave to me. It's a picnic basket with a little inner lining and stuff. So that was so cute. That was big even even in the nineties and stuff. And again, back when I didn't even know what an MLM was, uh-huh. uh, because these things have been around uh, really since Amway. Amway is the big one that started it all. We're going to need to talk about Amway at some point, but keep keep rolling. I'm, yeah. I'm very interested in these buzzwords. So <laughs> Amway actually recruits couples, not just women. And they have in their like annual conferences and stuff, like it feels like some people have, I mean, I haven't been to one myself, but it's like a full-blown worship service that gets oh you hyped up. Oh, yeah. I mean... There's a lot of prosperity gospel at these big old conferences about how if you work your business enough, God will bless it and the, you know, the money will come streaming in and you'll have everything you ever wanted and blah, blah, blah. And um, this message is also specifically targeted to a lot of Mormon groups. Okay. So Utah is actually called the fraud capital of the United States because of how many MLMs operate out of Utah. Yeah. Okay. Since 2018, I looked this up around 70 MLMs have been operating just out of Utah alone. So, so Amway, I think one of last I heard, which was a while ago, one of my bio brothers does Amway or did Amway, but the, the story I have about Amway, (laughs) One of my friends was dating a guy once upon a time and, and, you know, not long ago or in a galaxy far, far away. And he like had to get permission from his mentor to date her or something like Mm -hmm. that. Like it was very sketch, very Mm -hmm. sketch. And she broke up with him because she was like, she called me. She was like, Amanda. I think he's in a cult. <laughs> and this yeah. is before this was before we started the podcast or anything. But she was like, he has someone he has to report to about like everything, including mm-hmm. me. And and I like I think that this mentor person was like imposing certain restrictions on their relationship or how much time mm-hmm. he could spend with her because she couldn't distract him from his business and his calling and all this stuff. So she broke up with him. But I was like, shit, man, that's so that's a, pretty intense. Yeah. So the MLM mentor was invested in his personal life. love life mm-hmm. because yeah, it, yeah. So that to me mm-hmm. is cool. Like I don't know. Yes. I mean, I'm willing to believe better things about some of them, but like. That screams cult because that's what I grew up with with IBLP was there was someone upline who told you whether or not you could court someone or marry them. And there were so many relationships that got called off by higher ups in the cult. Like Mm -hmm. literally two people were in love, wanted to get married. And Bill or some other senior person in the cult would be like, no, you can't. You have to serve the Lord. And, uh-huh. this. and that's so that's like basically what this Amway dude was telling that guy my friend was mm-hmm. seeing. And that actually ties into I sent you um just a little graphic of the mm-hmm. fight model for cult tactics by Steve Hassan. I don't yeah. know if you heard I glanced of at Hassan. it, but I yeah. hadn't heard of him before. This guy, he was on uh Leah Remini's show Scientology in the Aftermath. Mm-hmm. Um, interviewing people. He was part of the Moonies, which they did like these mass marriages of couples. And there you see videos of them 
like holding guns in worship services and stuff. It was really kind of weird. And he, he shared his story a little bit, but he actually wrote a book called combating mind control, which is now the number one best-selling guide to protection, rescue and recovery from destructive cults. And he wrote that book back in 1990. Cause I think oh, wow. he got out of the Moody. He got out of the Moonies in like the seventies or something. Okay. And it was a long journey. Um, and then in 2022, he ha- wrote another book and published it called Freedom of Mind, Helping Loved Ones Leave Controlling People, Cults, and Beliefs. And then he has he has developed what's called the BITE model, B-I-T-E, that kind of analyzes whether or not a particular system or group is a cult based on four uh, criteria, which is behavior control, information control, thought control, and emotional control. <laughs> so sounds familiar. So you, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, looking at like the behavior control tactics, information control, like they, in an MLM, they'll tell you don't look up anything negative about the company or the business model because it's just going <laughs> to scare you away. Only Google this particular thing that says good stuff about the company and ignore that other stuff because okay, it's obviously I had that lies. Stuff about mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So like the behavior control with the Amway guy, like you don't want your spouse to like be against you being in this business because that'll give you bad juju. So like you have to be on board. And if you don't like it could seriously, you should cut those people off who are telling you negative things about the company and like, don't listen to them. So like, there's the behavior control part. And then there's like the thought control, the, the brainwashing that comes into play is through all of these like um, training videos and stuff. So you got to watch all these videos. You got to get on these calls where they're, you're basically hyped up to continue selling this product because of how great it is. And all these people are sharing these stories (laughs) and you're just getting, you're just getting a constant barrage, a stream of like how great this is. And you can do it to get you also emotionally hyped up because there's the emotional aspect, the emotional control, the, the love bombing happens a lot. Oh, you're so great. And then the second you say, this isn't for me, you're dead to me. (laughs) They'll drop you. There's a lot of shame. Yeah. There's I loved Mary Kay. There was a lot of shaming. And when I was part of Mary Kay, again, it was, it was real short amount of time while I was in college, but, um, there were those calls, they were recorded and we had to call in and listen to the recording. It was all hype. And then we would get like points from whatever, I forget what the regional director thing was called, but she was like two upline for me, maybe three. And when we got enough points, she would send us like free product. Mm -hmm. So it was incentivized to get on that line and listen to the recording every week. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. And that's the other thing. It's so common and it's so subtle because what they're doing is they're, they're hijacking like a lot of church tactics and a lot of cult tactics. And for people who are in those situations, this is normal. Like you go to a church service every week where there's a person on stage and they're given a, a spiel about, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. And you sit there and you're the music or the, you know, and especially now that like churches in America in particular have become more and more about putting on a show and attracting people to them. There's really a lot more crossover between churches and MLMs. It sounds like the reason why MLMs kind of invade the cult or just religious groups in general um, is because of the structure and like the oppression of women to not work. Mm-hmm. And I know from talking to Amanda, just kind of, it's in so general, hot when you talk like, about oppression of women, by the uh, way, continue. Well, like, so you, like, I mean, what were you I told? You what were, what were you told you could do for work in the cult? Like when you were still like growing up in it, like what were your options? To uh, stuff like Mary Kay and teaching music lessons from home. So like you really were limited to like contract labor or stuff that was under the table. Like, you know, you're going to do a piano lesson and someone's going to give you 20 bucks uh-huh. like on the side. And so yeah, like that was really, 
that was really all you were encouraged to do as far as generating income. And that was even like if you had taken care of the children and baked the bread. Right. I mean, that, yeah, it's it's (laughs) an add on duty. Um, But I mean, so that's the real reason why like MLMs are so prevalent in the cult or Or ring cults in general is because those women are encouraged not to work, but like, this is a, like a loophole. It fits the oppression model of patriarchal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just so weird that like, this is the loophole. Like, yeah, (laughs) you can do Mary Kay. This is, this is okay. (laughs) Well, cause you're, you're selling to other women and you're you're gathering with other women. Yeah. You're gathering and selling to other women. So y'all are just passing products back and forth to each other. And nobody's actually making any money off of Mary Kay. Someone's doing 31. So there's, there's also the painting us versus them. So like the insiders versus outsider thinking, Oh yeah. And MLMs use that a lot with their products. So there's, you know, all other products that you can find out on the market are either toxic, full of chemically chemicals, you can't trust them, or they're evil, horrible. Um, at best, a, a quote unquote good MLM will just say their products are better and that's why they're priced higher. <laughs> but at worst, you have people who believe like modern medicine is evil and corrupt. And, mm-hmm. and so then they, in order to like shill their non FDA regulated, non FDA approved supplements, vitamins, essential oils and stuff. And I remember the last episode, how Kyle, you were talking about how IBLP would take just a little bit of science yeah. And then twist it and turn it into like this non-scientific thing. Oh, and therapy like, is sin. Yeah. Yeah. And like MLMs will do the same thing with certain products. So like, yes, garlic has antibacterial properties. Uh, yes. You know, this particular essential oil can have a calming effect on people, whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, they will go to the extreme and say ours is the most concentrated of this particular vitamin. So it's better. (laughs) Or like ours are like, for instance, Norwex. Okay. Silver does have some antimicrobial antibacterial properties, but like infusing a simple microfiber cloth with silver and saying it can replace every single item under your sink for all cleaning purposes like is bogus but like okay, my know, inner germaphobe is very triggered by that <laughs> <laughs> so well, you have people buying into it and so they're like oh i have this norwex cloth and now i can throw out my bleach because the silver would do the job and it's like okay, there no. is like an enlightenment aspect of those products um in the cult in the iblp cult melaleuca was the big, Mm. have you ever heard of that one? Yeah. Okay. So, so this was the thing I wanted to say about like it, uh, the MLM gathering kind of mimicking church stuff. Mm -hmm. So we would have cult prayer meetings and stuff, right. Where all these families would come over and we'd sit in a big circle in the living room and someone would usually have something to say. And then, you know, we'd all share prayer requests and go around the room and, and when the Melaleuca guy, he was he was pretty high up in the cult. When he would come over and do his Melaleuca presentation thing, it it was basically like going to prayer meeting or, or one of the seminar mm-hmm. um, presentations where or events. We would all be in that same big circle in the living room, and the products would get passed around, and he would you know say his spiel, and then we'd go around asking questions, and you could try some of the products. And the way this guy pitched it was like, if you're enlightened, you not only buy the Melaleuca products, you you become a Melaleuca <laughs> distributor. <laughs> this is what I see every week. So, morning. what is Melaleuca, though? <laughs> I had a similar conversation with a friend who tried to sell Amway. I was like, come on, I'm begging you. Give me your pitch. What is it? What is it? Well, you can buy the. And I'm like, okay, but why should I buy the stuff from Amway instead of the stuff from Walmart? Give me a reason. And like, she, she was too scared to do it. But like, 
Yeah, it's it's everything. And in fact, the longer an MLM has been around, the more products they have to, by necessity, start including in their offerings because there's so much drop off. So, so it's a shell game. It is a shell game. Yes. So there's tea tree, right? There's tea tree. There's cleaning supplies. um, Tea tree oil. That's how we figured out I was allergic to (laughs) it. Okay. So this Melaleuca dude. Oh my god. This Melaleuca dude came over, did his spiel. Rick and Chris bought a bunch of stuff, and I think there was like you know how you can shame people into believing in Jesus in the Uh, church. He he would like use shame tactics to like believe in Melaleuca. So we Mm -hmm. had. So many bottles of Melaleuca oil and Chris would just slather it on us because it was going to heal everything, everything. Well, that is how we found out. I am wildly allergic to tea tree oil. (laughs) Were they they using this like this is an antibiotic cream? I mean, everything. It was even in a shake. There was like a powder thing you your face. <laughs> there was like a powder. Tea tree oil in a shake does not sound appealing. I don't know. It had like peach in it or something as the flavor. And then you had, yeah. I think it had a whole range of products. And of course there were, I think there were vitamins and, yeah. but that was the one that's like very strongly associated with IBLP for me. I, I don't know if mm-hmm. the people who own Melaleuca were ever associated with IBLP, but the, that dude high up in IBLP pushed it so hard. It was like, part of his personal identity. And, oh, here was the other thing he would do. He would talk about how he didn't make enough money working at headquarters and Mm -hmm. this would support him and his family. Mm -hmm. So all the other broke IBLP ATI families were like shelling out cash they didn't have because of, you know. Sympathy. Sympathy cash. Well, more like, yeah, just feeling like they had to, like obligated to help this guy feed Mm -hmm. his family. Yeah, that's wow. that's all too common. <laughs> that's some of that emotional control. Yeah, and the, it it very much feels like it, it's it's like middle school games in a popularity contest. So the more people who like want to get in good with you or like be close to you, which happens a lot in like church settings, you know, the, the pastors' wives do really well with MLMs. The the elders' wives do really well with MLMs. The people like who are perceived yes, perceived to be somebody and not just another nameless face that you want to get close to, those are the people who do the best um, well, yeah, who doesn't want the pastor's wife asking if they right. can come over for a party? Like, So it's very yeah. much a conflict of interest, and it's very much uh, it's shady. But again, I don't think they realize that what they're doing is shady. It's just, oh, God is blessing me or my business, whatever. And it, And it's really hard to kind of break people of that thought process. Um, so you just kind of, and if you have any friends, family members, whoever, who are shelling MLMs or who are in them, I mean, I have some, you kind of have to just let them be and let them figure it out for themselves. And eventually they'll stop, but it's very common for them to just hop from one to the next, to the next, to the next. And well, I- and I think people who are like, they hit that level of success. Like with Mary Kay, it was like, get the car. They would give mm-hmm. you the pink car. And there were people who did it. There were people who made it to the pink car level. And I'm sure those mm-hmm. people, like they ain't going anywhere and you're not going to mm-hmm. keep it. It's not a good the thing. The car. I'm so glad you mentioned the, <laughs> the car. The pink Cadillac. <laughs> the car is not a free company vehicle like you would think. Like, Okay, so my husband, he's an engineer. He did a lot of uh, PM PMing work at his previous company. He had a company truck that was bought by the company, brand new. And it was one of those things that when he switched jobs, he had to return that truck to the company. Um, and he did not make the payments on it. Um, they gave him a gas card to fill it up with gas to get to and from his places, all of that stuff. The car 
in those MLM companies, whether it's the Plexus Lexus or the Mary Kay Cadillac or the whatever, is not the company's car. It is your car. You are given instructions on how to go down to the dealership. You have to select a certain color. You have to, um, in some cases, put the little label on it yourself. You have to take out the loan yourself in your name. And it is your car. And the company gives you a check to cover your usually a lease because a lease you can return pretty quickly. Um, as long as you stay at that level. Is that yeah. everyone or do, are there any companies that are like kinder to their people and are like, here, we're literally gifting you a car. I, I haven't been in everyone. So I haven't looked into this, but from what I have read and what I've heard, it's pretty much every MLM. That is actually how the car structure works that's interesting i like i've I've seen the pink cadillac Mm -hmm. i've loosely known i'm acquaintances acquaintances with somebody that had one Mm -hmm. and i was under the impression that was like after you had so many people under you or you made so many you know x amount of dollars in sales like you were gifted the car and like it was like you know, the company bought it and gave it to you and it was your car, not... And, like, you had the title? Yeah, like, they literally, like, you earned it. Like, you, they bought the car and gave it to you and it was your car, not you took out a loan and they're paying the payment on it and it's, you know, they can repo it, essentially, from you, uh, which I don't think that would even work because the leases or the loans in your name and so you're probably just stuck making the rest of the payments on it. But, like, exactly. I was... I yeah. definitely, that was my assumption of how that worked. Uh-huh. I was very wrong, apparently. Yeah. No, from what I understand, it is it is your car in the sense that you're the one who paid for it, took out the loan on it. it it's mm. in your name. And it's only, the payment is only supplemented provided you stay at your rank. Yeah. So you stay at that level. So if you drop oh, down, if people under you fall out, it is. Mm-hmm. The people under you fall out, that's it. You're on the hook for that car or you have to return it until you get back up to that rank again. Wow. I remember in Mary Kay, there was something like you could earn the pink car, but I'm starting to remember as you're talking about this, there were stipulations like you had to go through a defensive driving course. You had to do this sort of insurance, I think. And like, yeah, I don't think they... I don't think they just straight up bought it, gave it to you and gave you the title. I, I think it was, there was some, there were strings attached if I recall mm-hmm. correctly. Mm-hmm. But you know. had to attribute it to the company. because Oh company yeah. You had to have the decal, the decal yeah, all over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the other thing. The toxic positivity is part of that whole thought control thing. So not being allowed to share that your business is not going well that you didn't get as many sales as you had hoped for not being allowed to lament um, being discouraged from sharing the CD underbelly stuff, the the stuff that is hard about working the business. So that stuff you can't talk about, or you will be shamed, but you can anything good that happens in your life, you go on a family vacation or whatever, that's all thanks to the company. Thanks to this wonderful, amazing company that allows me to go on vacation with my family because I made, you know, this side business work so well. Anything good that you share is all thanks to my wonderful MLM and we don't talk about the bad stuff. So this is the original social media then. Yeah. You only post the good, pretty (laughs) stuff and can't say, you know, like I had a really bad day and. You yeah, know, did something I shouldn't have. So, <laughs> so what if someone's in an MLM, whether or not they know it, and they're just really happy and okay with it, and it's working well for them, and it's providing extra income for their family, and like maybe they did get to the level of a car. I don't know if anyone can ever get there, but like they did get to the level of a car, and they're like, "Hey, I'm all right with the strings that are attached." Like, is that actually like is that hurting anyone? I would say the people who are underneath them, who are struggling, who have bought into the lie that this is possible for them 
to also achieve is where it gets harmful. Okay. So okay. It, it's not, is it even possible for someone who came to the party late to even move up the ranks or like, I imagine financially, like the mm-hmm. numbers wise, the people who get in early are the ones that are going to profit and the ones who get in late, like it's impossible financially for them to rise up the ranks. A hundred percent accurate. Yes. The math does not work in your favor. Um, if you get into an already pre-established MLM that has a name at like, don't even bother trying to sign up for Amway, Melaleuca, any of those other things, you will fail by very nature of the math. <laughs> so to put it this way, um, well, two things. In order to be successful in an MLM, you have to recruit. It depends on recruitment, which is why you don't see a McDonald's opening up across the street from another McDonald's because then they become direct competitors against each other, even though they're the same company. Yet with MLMs, that's exactly what you do. You recruit your neighbors and your friends, the people who live geographically close to you. And you are basically signing them up to be competitors with you for the product. Right. You're, you're, you're buying into that with the intention of making a lot of money, but you're incentivized to saturate the market. Yeah. So that's one, critical, that's one critical <laughs> error in the business model. And then the second one is um, like the pyramid structure. If you recruit five people who recruit five people who recruit five people who recruit five people, et cetera, sounds okay. Simple enough to wrap your brain around five, 15 iterations of that. And you've hit the entire population of the world. Compounding is a bitch. 15 uh, levels deep. And all of a sudden, boom. So like, <laughs> It seems on the face of it easy. I'm going to recruit five people a month Mm -hmm. who will recruit five people who will recruit five. But physically, there's not enough people, more than likely in your town, even if you live in a big city, like the the town that I live in, just doing the math, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's not possible. You can't. So yeah, it, it it all comes down to luck and it comes down to timing, getting in early. Um, and there are some people out there who make careers out of jumping from MLM to MLM to MLM because every MLM also has an expiration date where once the word gets out about this company and enough people sign in, yeah, then you have the market saturation. It's too spread out. The new people signing up drop off like flies. It's like having a giant bucket and the people who get in first and recruit a bunch of people right away, their bucket is pretty full, but everybody's bucket has holes in it. So the people who get in later on are just, trying to start filling their bucket and it's just leaking right out the holes right away. Okay. So it is possible for some people to be highly successful in an MLM, depending on when they joined it and the pool of people they have available to to recruit. Yes. Okay. So this is reminding me of something I was just talking to my therapist about with the IBLP cult teaching that like basically perfection is possible. Like all this really hard stuff you know, I, I get stressed out as an adult because I didn't hit perfection. And I was told as a young child, well, perfection is not only possible, it's reasonable, you know? And I feel like there's a piece of that in this, like just in the way it's set up of like, no, it's it's not only possible, it's reasonable to think mm-hmm. that you're going to rise to the highest ranks of this corporation where if you run the math, like, yeah, a couple people will. There are going to people be people with cars and there are going to be people who are, you know, living off their residuals from downline. Yeah. But that's not reasonable for everyone, but it's pitched as possible. Well, and reasonable. It, it was at the beginning. It was. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. It's like <laughs> the story it was for some people, but yeah. it's not anymore, but it's still pitched as not only possible, but reasonable to expect that level of success. Exactly. And, the, and the people who sit on top, whether they realize it or not, are dependent upon the people on the very bottom not rising to the top. 
Right. And it's easy for them yes. to say like, this works. Look at me. I've made so much right. money because they got in early. They're not lying. Mm-hmm. But they so got in early. early. They yeah. recruited so up the wazoo. They probably had some sort of um, in with a large group of people, whether they were some small group leader or, or you know, some mm-hmm. social aspect that gave them the ability to recruit a bunch of people right away. And then those people are working the business hard. And then of course the love bombing from top down happens. Oh, yay. And you're so in love with the product that they're still working it. And we're all positive, 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 but the people underneath you, because they're not allowed to speak up and say, actually, I'm not, I'm not really making any money. I'm not, this is, this isn't working. Hmm. They're just told, well, keep at it. Keep going. It's not only possible, yeah. it's reasonable. Uh-huh. <laughs> so one of the so one of the things we talked about earlier, I kind of felt bad about in the cult was that there was a dude pitching the Melaleuca. Melaleuca to mm-hmm. a bunch of women in the cult that this was one of their very few options to make money and it was being pitched by a man. <laughs> so it was sanctioned. Uh, not just a man, but a man who is well known in the cold. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I hadn't thought of that. I think the husbands were present, but the husbands all had jobs. Mm-hmm. So who was going to take this Melaleuca business and run with it? The women, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And then you layer on top of that if you get a discount for being a seller of it. Yeah, distributor mm-hmm. discount. On top of buying it. So now you're buying this tea tree oil for your family and you can pitch it to your husband that like, Hey, if I do this, I might make a little money, but we're also going to save money because I'm affiliated with it. And when Mm -hmm. I buy products, we get a 20% discount or whatever. So not only am I saving us money, but I'm potentially making us money by, you know, recruiting other people. That's the belief money on products. We didn't know. We needed until the guy (laughs) said we needed them. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Well, it it is, it is interesting. It is. I feel like it's a very hard thing to talk about because I'm sure all of us know and deeply love people who either have at some point really bought into an MLM or they are currently very bought into an MLM. So I don't want any of what we've talked about to come across as judgmental, um, I know for, for me and Kyle, this was like a curiosity thing, like, oh, fascinating that there's a structure out there that is cult-ish and or really like feeds on cult mentality or yeah. oppression of women yeah. <laughs> to be successful. And so I, you're I think also it's setting them up for failure because mathematically mm-hmm. it doesn't work. Yeah. And there yeah. will be people who, there will be people who make it and, and mm-hmm. have that wonderful the ones that you know, Cinderella it. success story. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's just, it's a hard and sensitive topic because so many of us have done uh, mm-hmm. or are currently doing MLM stuff. Like I know that I know people who do beach body and like, young living is that the essential oil thing i know for sure i know for sure those two um and i i love them and i i don't think less of them um if it's working for them like cool i don't buy their products but yeah it's it's a tough subject it's a tough subject so i'm personally very impressed that you were able to put that out there on social media and have like a very public boundary about it. Cause mm. people generally don't do that. No. And they, they just kind of hide behind like, Oh, this is so uncomfortable. I'll just, you know, accept the invitation, maybe buy something for, you know, whatever the cheapest thing is so I can leave the party without feeling bad. Exactly. And that's really the primary method of sales for a lot of these companies too. And I've never been one to be pressured by that. And even I have caught myself debating whether or not I can afford a $35 two ounce candle. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like it's, and I, and I just, I don't know, I kind of reached the point where I was fed up and I said, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. 
mm-hmm. now that I know what this is, my eyes have been open to it. And I realize just how much uh, hijacking of spiritual language, how much it relies on cult-like thinking and cult tactics for mind control and just how, um, yeah, it's, it's awful. So like, I have a list of at least the ones that I know, Norex, Mary Kay, Avon, 31 Bags, Stella and Dot, Epicure, Beachbody, which is now Body, New Skin, doTERRA, Monate, sometimes co- people call it Monat or Monat, mm-hmm. uh, Usborne Books, which is now Paper Pie, Pampered Chef, Cutco, Cabbie, Primerica, Plexus, Arbonne, like I've heard of all of these ones, the Melaleuca, the everything. And uh-huh. there's a whole list um, at the ML, the anti-MLM coalition put out a list on a website that is not working right now. Um, I don't know why, but it's mlmtruth.org. And there's a okay. master list of all these MLM companies that like, a lot of people use as a resource when their friend or whatever hits them up. I'm with this company, that company Um, they'll go in and I'm like, I'll go in and check the list and be like, Oh, there it is. That's the, that's the company. Mm -hmm. Um, And just stay away. And they also, because the term MLM has a negative connotation, there will be a lot of, Oh, this isn't an MLM. It's network marketing. Yeah. I've heard that a lot. It's social selling. It's this, but it's the same. It's the same exact structure. You're not getting paid like network marketing. And, um, oh, what's the other one? Um, affiliate marketing, mm-hmm. true affiliate marketing is when you have like an affiliate link mm-hmm. and you get paid by that company to post that link or to share that product. And when people go, to that link, you get a cut of that pay. That's true affiliate marketing. MLM companies will say they're affiliate marketing, but you don't actually get paid unless there's a legit sale. So it's a different thing, but they're hijacking the language of affiliate marketing to sound legit because most people have caught on to the fact that MLMs are scams and they don't want anything to do with them. So the so, word yeah. is getting out there, but they're starting to hide. <laughs> so yeah, Kyle, like Maureen said about what you said, there is there is a little bit of truth to pull you in. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and then it can kind of go sideways from there. Just yeah. enough to give you hope. That it's possible and reasonable. Nah. <laughs> but statistically speaking if I'm being gracious over 95%, some would say 99% of people who sign up for an MLM will lose money. Yeah. That is worse than a straight up pyramid scheme. Yeah. I think I lost money. Okay. <laughs> Cause like I ended up using up the product. I had an in inventory over time, mm-hmm. but like, did I need all of that at that point in my life? No. Mm-hmm. So, huh. I'm glad that was a blip. That was yeah. a blip half a lifetime ago. <laughs> I just I mean, try not to think about it. <laughs> I mean, most of the, I would say like probably 80% of the names you, you two listed off as far as MLMs, like I had never heard of, like I've obviously heard of like Barry Kay and like Avon. And Amway. Sh- mm-hmm. I haven't, no, I've never heard of Amway. What? No. I don't remember that one. Okay. Like, that I so, didn't tell you. So, <laughs> I mean, I think that's that's saying something itself that, like, I feel like there's probably a lot of lady listeners that are going to know all of these names. I mean, other than the one you were talking about, the tea tree oil, like, that's the only man that was pitching anything in in, in these stories. And, yeah. like, I don't personally know any guys that – do these things. So like, obviously these MLMs are very much targeted towards women. Uh, there are a few that are targeted towards men. Um, like Primerica claims to be an insurance company, but it's not. It's, <laughs> it's an MLM. Um, Amway recruits couples. So some men mm-hmm. know about Amway. Um, 
And there are some that are now pushing um, like day trading software type yeah, stuff that's that. more geared towards men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's a new one out there that's just a straight up scam. I don't even know if it's an MLM, but like master resale rights or MMR. A lot of people oh. are jumping ship from MLMs to do that, which is a whole other thing. But um, <laughs> that that goes down another rabbit hole. So depending on the product being sold, I think the reason why it appeals to women is because a lot of it is your your uh, makeup products, your your cosmetics, your cleaning your home products, care, home care, cleaning, and like cleaning is women's work. Um, yep. Your uh, clothing, also for women, fast fashion yeah. type stuff. Jewelry is really big. Shampoo and um, children's products, like children's books, like us born. Um, so like Cutco is popular with men, and usually teenagers being recruited straight out of school. Hmm. Um, are targeted by Cutco. Yeah, Herbalife and some of the fitness ones are targeted more towards men. But yeah, um, yeah most of them are the the potions and drinks and vitamins and stuff that like appeal to women <laughs> for cult reasons. And I think <laughs> back to what Kyle said earlier. Like it, it is. It sounds like MLMs have, in some cases, found ways to take advantage of. A patriarchal society, definitely within religious cultures, to to basically like profit off of oppression of women and mm-hmm. tell them like, oh, here's here's your loophole, here's your option that you have as a woman at home with the children. Like, so I guess I just I don't want yeah. anyone who listens like if they have been in an MLM or are in an MLM to feel like like there's judgment because it, it really makes sense why they're targeted mm-hmm. yes. um, and why they're vulnerable to being targeted. And, and why I got the most cold calls from people as soon as I got married. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, Oh, you're married now. Oh, you have kids. Let me tell you. About, keep it like, home. No, 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 no. Thank you. <laughs> Not looking for that. Yeah. Oh. Well, thank you so much for taking time to come have a chat with us and for bringing all of your knowledge. And I know you've, you've done a lot of research on this stuff over a lot of years. So thanks for having a chat with us about it. Thanks for talking to me about it. My husband hears so much about it. He's kind of sick of hearing it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell him just one more time and you have to listen to the episode. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Maureen. We will be back next Monday. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Cult I Left Behind. Until next time, don't join a cult. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe, and we will catch you on the next episode.